Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Today we're going to talk about mile markers. Say to someone, mile markers. So what do we, anyone from the congregation, anyone, what do we understand by mile markers? For those who drive, we should know what this is. What is a mile marker? Anyone? Shoo. Yes. Come, come say. What is it? It's a line you drive through with a car. Anyone, a mile marker. Thank you. It lets you know how far you've gone or how far you are away from your destination. See, we've used GPS so much and we've forgotten that there was an age before GPS. And before GPS, before your Google Maps and your Apple Maps, the only way for you to know how far away you're from Dallas or how far, how close you are to Houston is that you see a little pole, a little pose that says 51 miles, 40 miles, 30 miles. Amen. Do we know what a mile marker is now? That is our title for today's sermon, a mile or mile marker. So... With a clap of appreciation, let's please appreciate my sister, Yeni. She did a wonderful job last Sunday. And she took us into a, a journey with the book of Deuteronomy. And I'm going to take up from where she stopped. And I was going to go the traditional route by asking God what particular part of the book of Deuteronomy should I speak with, to us about this afternoon. But he never gave me an answer. And he kept prompting me to look and read the entire book of Deuteronomy. And I kept reading the entire book of Deuteronomy. And I was thinking he was asking me to read it to find a specific, specific verse or chapter or word. But that was not the goal until this morning. He told me, I told you to read the book of Deuteronomy because I want you to understand the spirit behind the book. Tell your neighbor the spirit behind the book. So now you ask yourself, what is the spirit behind the book of Deuteronomy? The spirit behind the book of Deuteronomy is that of a father to a child. This was the last 40 days of Moses. And he sat down with the entire children of Israel. Theologians tell us over three million people and he spoke and all of them were listening. Imagine with a microphone I'm holding right now, the people downstairs can hear me. But Moses stood and was speaking to over three million people and each and every one of them heard his voice. And he started narrating a story for them from Deuteronomy chapter one. But here's the thing, he was speaking to a people that did not leave Egypt. They were born in the wilderness. Only two people witnessed the Red Sea that were with Moses. Miriam has died. Aaron has died. Everyone that Moses was speaking to were all born in the desert. So now he starts by narrating a story for them. This is how you left Egypt. 
This is how far God has brought you. This is what happened at the Red Sea. This is why you stayed in this place for 40 years and not 40 days. This is why we had to move every time the Lord told us you have dwelt upon this mountain for too long. Move. God, Moses took his time and started explaining for them one scenario at a time. One event at a time. And he tells them about where they are. And he tells them about where they are going. And he tells them the cause why he's not going to go into the land with them. He tells them it's because of your stubbornness. A lot of you here, your fathers will not make it because of how stubborn you are. You have, we have to come to a point not to be like the children of Israel. A great man of God I know says, makes a statement, if you offend man, God can intervene. But if you offend God, who will intervene for you? You see, more people, the children of Israel offended God and Moses stood in for them. But when Moses offended God, no one could stand in for him. For many of us, our lack of patience with the things and the precepts our parents are laying down for us are causing our parents to get to their early grave. Moses, all he could do, after asking and asking, and God had to tell him, do not you dare ask me one more time to let you step foot into the promised land. God, who was ever, everly merciful with the children of Israel, he got to Moses and he was not merciful anymore. So where is the God of mercy? And he told them, the best I can do for you is climb that mountain and look. For many of us, the best our parents will see of us are in dreams. Because you've sent them to their grave too early with your stubbornness. All Moses could do was dream of a promised land that he suffered 80 years to bring a group of people into. He was 40 when he left Egypt. He was 80 when he went back to Egypt. And he was 120 years old now. Sorry, this message is not going to sound very comforting. But today is Father's Day and we're celebrating fathers. But above all, we're celebrating our heavenly father. Is God happy with you as a father? Leave all we come here in church to do. We, we put on our makeup. We, we wear our designer clothes. We, we, even though we bought, although we bought it from Ross. We, we look so, so packaged. We look also packaged. But we forget that the person we are standing before is the king of kings. We forget that the person we are standing before, he is not fire. He is consuming fire. We forget that the people, this is how great God is. Even the four living creatures don't even look at him. 
The four living creatures that surround the throne don't look, don't behold him. And yet when he tells you, love your neighbor as yourself, we think it's a choice. When he tells you, love me and love no one else, we think it's a choice. So now when he comes to Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 and say, if I'm your father, where is my honor? We think it's about coming to church and going back home. No, it's about your lifestyle. Amen. The book of Deuteronomy is about instructions of a father. At this moment in time, the oldest person in the, book, in the, in the land of Israel or the, with the group of children of Israel was Joshua. Moses gave, could give birth to each and every one of them over and over again because it was 120 years. I think Joshua, according to theologians at this time, was around 80 years old. So he was not anywhere in age come, came, did he come closer to, to Moses. So he was a father. And he was writing. And he was angry. And then he will be happy. And then he will bless them. And then he will warn them about everyone else that died. Yenny gave us an assignment last week. How many of us did it? She told you, she told us to go do a, a what? Family tree. I was going to say it in the Nigerian way, so I kept quiet. <laughs> I asked her for that. How many of us did it? Only one person. Wow. Yet again, if I'm your father, where is my honor? Did she tell you what she told you of her own will? Or did she tell you what she told you because someone instructed her to say it? Let me tell you something. If there is anything you see about your parents, and I'm going to add our mothers here to it, both mothers and fathers. If there's anything ill you see about your parents that you don't like, and you keep telling yourself, mommy, I'll be better than you, and you excommunicate your parents from your life, I am promising you, you will make the same mistake your parents made a thousand percent more. Running away from a problem does not give you the answer to fix it. Rather, running towards the problem gives you the answer to fix the problem. You cannot be a better father. If you're, if you're a man under the sound of my voice, you cannot be a father, better father than your biological father if you don't talk with your biological father. If you're, if you're a woman under the sound of my voice, you cannot be a better mother except you come get close to your biological mother. Because they will be the ones to tell you, my son, I thought this was the best. But no, it's not the best. Don't repeat the same mistake I made. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 9 to 10 it says I will visit the sins of the fathers even up to the fourth and the, the third and the fourth generation it is wise for you to do a family tree so that what happened to your father doesn't happen to you what killed your mother or what is going to kill your mother doesn't kill you Moses was taking his time to tell the children of Israel, this is what killed your parents. 
in case they missed telling you. So that when you get into the promised land, the same thing doesn't kill you. <laughs> Moses took out his time to explain to the children of Israel the power of association. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, and verse 9, we see here a group of people who were not the blessed house of Israel. God had already established them before now. God established Esau. And he warned Israelites, don't you dare go and fight the children of Esau for their land. I gave it to them. I thought God only promised Jacob a land. Why is Esau getting a land? If you go to verse 9, someone that followed Abraham for no reason. You know those people that just follow, just like to follow people. God also promised Lot a land. And Moses was warning the children of Israel, fight everybody you want to fight and take over their land. But you see this group of people, God gave them the land. You know, there are some of us, our fathers tell us, get close to them. I don't like them. They are rude to me. There's a saying where I come from. What a child will climb a tree to see. Even if an elder takes a chair and sits down beside the same tree, the child won't see it. What are the instructions your parents have given you and when last did you obey one of them? Let's keep it as natural. Let's leave the spiritual. Because God, you don't see him. You're your earthly father that you see. Open, please open for me Deuteronomy chapter 17 from verse 16. Let's read it together. Deuteronomy 17 from verse 16. And... This is Moses telling the children of Israel, if you ever need a king like the surrounding nations, this is what the king should do. And please, when we're done reading this, tell me a king that didn't do this. I'm not going to tell you the king. You should know the king. From verse 16, it says, But he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the land had said unto you, that the Lord had said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Verse 17. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall, he greatly, neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. 18. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. Next. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and this statutes to do them. 20. That his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Which king did not do this? How many wives did Solomon have? Yeah. 
Hold on. Do we also know that as many wives as Solomon had, Solomon also built temples to each of their gods? When we say, listen to your fathers, we think, we, most times we think it's a joke. I'm the younger generation. I understand. This was Moses. How many years later will Solomon be born? At least a thousand years later, Solomon will be born. So Moses was speaking prophetically. And I'm here to tell you some things your father or mother told you to do that you're refusing to do is a prophetic utterance over your life. I admit, even myself, sometimes my father tells me things and I fight him. Even my spiritual father tells me some things and I fight it. Only for months later to go, golly, he was right. <laughs> and I'm going to end with this. Tell your neighbor the power of 40. And I'm going to say this this way. Why did Moses wait till the last 40 days of his life to start talking to the children of Israel? He waited because in the spiritual realm, 40, 40 means transition. 40 is the, is the number that prepares you for the next phase of your life. What is that popular saying we know? A fool at what? If you're a fool at 40, you remain what? Okay. 40 is the season of transition. If there is anything you need and you desire to accomplish in life, it takes 40 days. God wanted to transition the entire, the, transition the mindset of Israel and he waited 40 years. Moses wanted to get the commandments from God to transition the children of Israel from slaves to a nation. And it took him, what, 40 days. God was going to prepare Elijah for the next phase of his assignment. And the angel gave him bread to prepare him for, what, 40 days. Jesus, the son of the living God, was getting ready for his ministry. And he stayed in the desert for, what, 40 days. Deuteronomy was written the last 40 days of Moses' life because he was about to transition from the world, from the realm of men to God. Jesus took 40 days from his resurrection to spend time with the children, of, with his disciples, to teach them about the kingdom of God because what? He was about to do what? Transition. So now I ask you, what instructions have you received in the last 40 days that you do not listen to? And I can tell you why you are still where you are compared to the last 40 days is because you did not listen. 
Who is a father? Who is a father? How many of you here are fathers? Thank you so much for doing that, Dara. He didn't speak prophetically. He spoke what he is. If you, if you think that because it is sperm that qualifies you to become a father, you are wrong. Because a 15-year-old can have a child. That doesn't make them a father. We equate fatherhood to people who sire children. But that is... If this is the entire scope of God, children or having children is only one over one million of his entire agenda of fatherhood. God was a father before he made man. Are you with me? Am I losing you? Fatherhood is not about sperm. Fatherhood is about purpose. And once any man born of a woman comes to the point of understanding their agenda here on earth, you are now a father. Because that idea, that vision is a child that is being birthed. And as that child grows, it becomes your what? Your son. Jesus did not give birth to you, but he gave birth to the church. Hence, he is the father of the church. He is the husband of the church. True or false? Okay. So when we are celebrating Father's Day, don't run around looking for people who are wearing a ring. Because there are some people who will never get married like Paul. Don't deny them the honor of telling them Happy Father's Day. Because there's an agenda God has placed in their life. There's a vision that God has put inside them that they are, that they are birthing and executing that is a child. How many of us heard about Moses' children? Maybe at some point in the book of Exodus it mentioned that he had two sons, but that was about it. But Moses had over three million children. That was a vision God gave him. Paul was a father. He never had any biological children. But he had Timothy. He had Mark. He had the church of Ephesus. He had the Corinthian church. He had the, the church in Rome. He had the Philippian church. He had the, the church in Thessalonica. And Paul kept referring to them as my children in the gospel. It's easier to, to give birth to a child than it is to birth a vision. That is why God is Father. That's why He's all knowing. 
of everything God created, man was the last thing he gave birth to. That's why I said having a child is the easiest thing. For six days, five and a half days, God was creating everything else. But on the last day of creation, he created man. All it takes to father a child, we're all adults here. We know what it takes. You don't even need a room. You can do it in your car. For God to say in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 as a roundup, be fruitful and multiply. If all God was saying that for was for children, then he wasted his words. Be fruitful and multiply was not just for man to have children. Be fruitful and multiply was even down to the sand on the ground. That is why you can pour sand and grade it and remove every single tree and grass on it. And I give you one month of water in it. And the grass that you wiped off will grow back again. If the sand, earth, is still obeying the voice of God to be fruitful and multiply. Why do you think that God telling you be fruitful and multiply was all about having children? It was beyond having a child. It's, it goes down to birthing the vision he has placed inside of you. It goes down to fulfilling the assignment he has called you to accomplish. That is why Jesus could die at 33 because he finished the work. When on the cross he said, it is finished. It meant beyond, it was beyond just dying on the cross. It meant my father, my assignment is done. Today is Father's Day. I want you to think about it. So, with what I've said, look at the woman next to you and tell her, Happy Father's Day. Because now we have an understanding that it's not just men who are fathers. There are women, females, that God has given a vision to. People God has given an agenda, an assignment to. And to so everyone who takes their time to work on the assignment given by God, they are fathering a child. So now I would like us to rise. And I want you to pray for yourself. Today is Father's Day. God is our Father. And we are made in His image and likeness. Which means if God can have a vision, and that vision is birthed and is being accomplished, you too can have a vision and birth that vision. So now I want you to pray for yourself. Father, every vision, every assignment you have placed in within me that needs to come alive. Lord, even in this season of warfare, my God, I prayed into reality.
Is it music? Is it art? Is it fashion? Is it a career? What vision, my God, have you placed inside of me? Is it ministry? Lord, I refuse to die barren. Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Are you online or are you here in the sanctuary and you've not, you don't know this Jesus we're talking about? The first process of starting, the first thing to do in starting the process of entering your level or entering your, the realm of fatherhood is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If not, the arm of flesh will fail you because you cannot bear any vision on your own. Are you in house or online? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Let us talk to the Father. Talk to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you rose again. And I thank you that you justified me. Even now, Lord Jesus, take over everything that concerns me. I open the door of my heart and I welcome you in as my Lord and Savior. Use me to the glory of your name and cause me to have a strong relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you did pray that prayer, or if you know you've already dedicated your life and you're just praying a prayer with everybody else, can we put our hands together for all those who gave their life to Christ? We're in a season of warfare. I know we call it mind games. Don't be deceived. It's warfare. It's warfare. So now I want you to pray. The moment God told Adam, be fruitful and multiply, someone showed up to test the validity of the word of God. A lot of us, God has told you, be fruitful and multiply. But you find yourself struggling to be fruitful. You find yourself struggling with sins and iniquity. You find yourself struggling with condemnation and things that are holding you down and making you feel unqualified to be fruitful. Now I want us to pray. Now you know what right you have in Christ. Now you know what Christ has done for you. Now you know the power you carry within you to birth any vision. And you're not seeing that vision now. I want you to pray with that same anger and passion. 
everything in my life, whatsoever the cause is, that is holding me back. That is holding me back. My God, I bring it upon the altar this very hour and I cause it to be judged. Father, I issue a decree and a judgment over everything that is holding me back. Over every challenge of my life, every pain, every heartache, my God, I cause them to be judged right now. Every evil word of prophecy that has been spoken by the word of the Lord, I challenge them right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I decree and I declare that I will not die barren. I decree and I declare that everything that the Lord has put in my life, I will breath it. I will bring it forth. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please say loud amen. amen. Father, as your children have heard your word, myself included, because Lord, as I spoke to them, I also spoke to myself. I decree and I declare, whatsoever is standing as a barrier between you and your promised land, today you will cross over it. In the name of Jesus every wall of Jericho every river Jordan every giant that is standing on your way as the Lord leaves I command the earth to swallow them in the name of Jesus Christ the same way the walls of Jericho crumbled flat and the earth sucked it up my God I pray every barrier every hurdle before your children even this week as they step out, let the earth open up and swallow it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, victory I decree and I declare over your children. I overturn every doctor's report. I overturn every doctor's timeline. Whatsoever they told you to do in the next three months, I decree this week you will receive. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.